the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. What a wonderful time in worship we've had. I certainly thank our worship team for leading us in such tremendous songs, preparing our hearts as well for the reception of his word and for the wonderful mission report, how enthusiastic. And you certainly can tell that Janice is a passion for missions and a great love for the Custers, and she brought us into that same experience. Let's just take a moment to prepare our hearts for this message today because it's a message I believe every one of us needs to hear. It's on the message title, Janice. Let's pray, shall we? Father, with humbled hearts, we come before you now, and we ask you to prepare our hearts for the reception of your word and the principles that we're going to learn on this tremendous biblical character trait, this tremendous fruit of the Spirit known as gentleness. Now, Father, I know for some this could be a very painful time because we've experienced people that have treated us without gentleness and were not gentle to us, particularly those that we look for areas of love and acceptance when they were harsh with us. And then, Father, there are those that know that they struggle with uh, contentious spirit, argumentative spirit, and they want to be gentle. And so their Father going to be feeling a, a level of guilt and maybe a feeling of pain today. And so, Father, I'm going to depend upon you and your word, the Holy Spirit, to bring us together to understand what gentleness is and to bring about a gentle spirit, but a biblical gentle spirit within us so that, Father, we can help others that are struggling with their personalities and issues of life that cause them not to be and have the gentleness of our wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I go through these messages on character traits, all of you who have in any time been in a position to give out information, you always learn more than the students do because you prepare a lot. And there are times when you study on character traits that there are those that really hit you a little bit more solidly. And I have to tell you humbly that this message on gentleness is one that was very, very convicting to me. Probably because my personality is wired that I am a dominant type individual, if you haven't figured that out. At the same time, being in a leadership role, sometimes you have high expectations, and it's easy for those expectations not to be met. And over a period of time, sometimes a short period of time, frustration sets in, and of course, you immediately lose that gentle spirit. So you can know the importance of it. You can even know how to have a gentle spirit, but at the same time, you can still wrestle with not having one. Well, while I was preparing this message, a good friend of mine uh, named Robert Seeley happened to send to me a story that I'd like to read to you and see if maybe in some measure you might be able to identify with it as I have, unfortunately. It goes like this. 
While on a road trip, an elderly couple stopped at a roadside restaurant for lunch. After finishing their meal, they left the restaurant and resumed their trip. When leaving, the elderly woman unknowingly left her glasses on the table, and she didn't miss them until they had been driving about 40 minutes. By then, to add to the aggravation, they had to travel quite a distance before they could find a place to turn around in order to return to the restaurant to retrieve her glasses. All the way back, the elderly husband became the classic grouchy old man. He fussed and complained and scolded his wife relentlessly during the entire return drive. The more he chided her, the more agitated he became. He just wouldn't let up one minute. To her relief, they finally arrived at the restaurant. As the woman got out of the car and hurried inside to retrieve her glasses, the old geezer yelled at her through the window, while you're in there, you might see if you can find my hat and the credit card, too. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're laughing because we might be able to identify with that. And yet at times, those that uh, are not as gentle don't always know or discern that they lack that gentle spirit. So I put together what we might call a GQ quotient, a gentleness quotient. And it's a little questionnaire that you might ask yourself. But sometimes we have a difficult time being honest because we'd like to be known as an honest person and pro or a gentle person. Often we see ourselves being gentle. It's those times that we get out of control that we see ourselves not as being as gentle, but it's not our fault, is it? It's usually that other person who pushed our button that caused it. So you might want to ask a trusted family member or friend, and if you are being asked by a family member to respond to these on their behalf, be kind to them and be gentle even in your response to them. So here's question number one. It could be, do those I correct walk away challenged or defeated? Now think about that for a moment. Those of you who are a coach and you have to coach kids, when you have to speak to them, do they walk away feeling challenged? Those of you that are in the military that have people that answer to you quite quickly, do they feel that you're responding to them? Those of us who are parents or dads or teachers or in the world of work generally, do they walk away feeling defeated or challenged? The second question, do people avoid me or withdraw when they know they have disappointed me? In other words, they know we've been disappointed, but do they feel still loved and accepted and they still want to be around us? Or how about number three? Do those who work with me feel that I am committed to them or just to getting the job done? So in other words, I use people to get to my goal. Or am I gentle and I realize that God has placed me in that position of influence to develop people? And maybe it's through people I'll get my job done better. And then finally... Do I demonstrate gentleness in judgment while still being fair? Some of you might think that a person is only gentle when they agree with you and they're affirming you all the time. And anytime they might have to correct you, that must mean they're not gentle. And that's not it either. Truly, a person who loves you wants to speak truth to you. And that truth may be painful, but it doesn't have to come with a lack of gentleness. So to do this study, again, I thought it might be good for us to understand some concepts about just the word gentle or gentleness. So let me go over a couple of those for you. First of all, Funk and Wagnall Standard Desk Dictionary simply says the person with gentleness would be mild and amiable in nature and disposition. 
Some of you right now probably have a catalog of people in your life who already are gentle to you, and you're celebrating them. I'm, I, that's great. Noah Webster says this, that softness of manner and mildness of temper, sweetness of disposition. Well, then I went into what is known often as the Vines Expository Death Dictionary, and it's really done in the Greek language. And I really particularly like this because when the Bible was being put down for us and it was inspired, it was given during the time that Greek was spoken through much of that known world where that it could be given out all over. At the same time, it wasn't high Greek that you might get in some of the big dramas. It was the common Greek that you would speak just if you were going shopping. It was the common Greek of the day. And so as you go through scripture and you find the word gentle in the English, you go back and find out what Greek word did they use. And when they do that, they come in with adjectives and nouns and different words. And so I don't want to wow you with Greek. It's not how well or good I know Greek because I really don't. But what I have found is some interesting insights on gentleness just from the language in which the Bible is written in the New Testament. One word is a word that means fair or moderate. And it was said when that word was used, it was used in explaining something that would be not according to the letter of the law. Now listen very carefully. Some of us who are lacking gentleness, we really have probably some high standards. We know right from wrong quite easily. And so we're not so gentle because we're so quick to pull the trigger on correcting people. Well, that means often that we like to live by the letter of the law. We're safe in that letter of the law. But if you'll notice, the New Testament often speaks that we should do it in the spirit of the law, not merely the letter of the law. And so a person who is gentle would be fair and moderate and not always insisting on the letter of the law. Another Greek word is the word meaning mild or affable. Now the unusual part about this particular Greek word, not only was it used in scripture, but when it was used in the common language, it was a word used around the following situations. And these situations you and I both can identify with. Here's the first one. It would be used by the Greek writers characterizing a nurse trying to work with a difficult child. Some nurse is working with a child that happens to have some difficulty, maybe crying all the time or upset all the time. So maybe those of you that are in a profession known as caregiving, you've got some people that you need to show extra grace and gentleness to. That would be the word it was used. Another time it would be a teacher with difficult students. How many of you are in position of education and you've got difficult students? And sometimes there really are. It's interesting, just yesterday alone, Brindy, one of our teenagers, called later in the week and she said that her school needed to do a Christian service assignment and wanted to know if they could come by the church here. So Jim Boyd met the group, and the group didn't just come in one car. There was a busload of kids that showed up. And so they began to divide up the kids on jobs to do here. They trimmed the bushes and trees in the back here. They washed windows and screens back here. They stripped the nursery floor, took out all the furniture and cleaned this. They were busy as beavers. They were cutting shrubs in half so we can set them out so that people could take them and just get rid of them, discard them. And while these kids were here, you know, kids are kids. They're, you know, they're teenagers. And so they were having all sorts of fun with our electric chainsaw. All right. Now, it was funny because they kept getting it jammed. And then they were having fun with that. And Carol was walking by the principal and with a real smile on her face saying, those kids are really having a good time. Don't you sometimes even want to use that on one of them? And the teacher just laughed and said, yes, I really do. Well, you know, teachers at times, we do have difficult kids but they still deserve 
gentleness from us, even in the spirit of correction. But here's the third time that word is used. It means parents toward their children. Now I went from preaching and meddling because I would be amazed at how many of you did not display perhaps a gentle spirit towards your kids, even this morning, getting them ready for Sunday school or for church or for other activities. And parents, if that was the case, your kids didn't come to me, so I don't have any names in front of me if that was the case. But I can only imagine we husbands at times that aren't gentle with our wives because sometimes they have a tendency to be a day late and a dollar short and getting ready to not be on time either. And of course we have that problem. So that's in the Greek. There is also another time it's used in the Greek and it steps it up a little bit. It's where the Apostle Paul is using it and he's identifying a relationship that he would have with new believers. So let me talk to those of you who are discipling or mentoring people in the faith. Those of you who are Sunday school teachers perhaps. Those of you who are wanting to even go into the ministry and we'll be talking about that in a moment because gentleness is certainly required of spiritual leadership. Here's a verse that says this. But we, Paul speaking about leaders of influence, were gentle among you. Now the people he was gentle with were people he had only been with approximately three and a half weeks. They're brand new believers and you can only imagine how a new believer, they trust Christ as Savior, but they still have the lifestyle of the world that they're working with. And so they're going to do weird and crazy things. But Paul says, we were still gentle among you. Christians that really weren't walking with the Lord fully yet. And he tells how he was. Listen, just as a nursing mother would cherish her own children. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. And so we who are working with new believers, they are going to be messy at times. They're not always going to be faithful. They're not always going to respond. They're going to take two steps forward and maybe one and three quarters step back even. But we still need to be gentle with them. And you'll see why in a moment. Then there's also a time that pastors and elders and those that are in special positions of spiritual leadership. It says this, a pastor or elder then must be gentle. Now you probably like the idea that pastors, that would be me, and you like the word gentle, but you have to remember the operative word it says, must be, not try to be, hope to be, work on being. It says you must be this if you're in that role. We'll talk more about that, too, a little bit later on. I just want you to see it in the original language. There's one more Greek word that's used, and it means the word meekness, kind, and gracious, and it's referred to Christ. Now, what was read to you today by our friend Brian was an example of Christ's gentleness, but he was identified as being gentle by Paul in this verse. So listen. He says, Now I, Paul, myself am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So this is a huge verse, even though it might seem very short. He's saying, I'm pleading with you, Corinthian people who are immature, who should be mature in Christ, but really weren't living up to where they should be with the Lord. And he says, I'm pleading with you with meekness and gentleness of Christ, not his own. In fact, I'm kind of looking at this and I'm smiling because Paul, from what I read about his lifestyle, you can see he was a very dominant leader. Maybe a little bit like me. Now, I'm not saying I'm as godly as Paul was, but maybe a little bit of that same personality. Wanting to get people further along. Frustrated. And so he's pleading with them. But he realizes, he says, I can't plead with you with my gentleness because I'm not gentle. But he's saying, but I plead with you with the gentleness and the meekness of Christ. And you know what? That's the key, folks. That's what you want to park on. When you struggle with gentleness, it is all wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ and the fruit of the Holy Spirit that you and I both can be partakers of 
we can have that gentleness. So yes, at times we will plead like he did, but we can do it with the spirit of even Christ. Now, some of you are wondering, what's the difference between meekness and gentleness and kindness? Well, those of you that like to play baseball, I talked to one of our people today. They're looking about the Pro Bowl game, and that person said, I don't care too much for football, but boy, do I like baseball. Well, listen carefully. In baseball, you have first base, second base, and third base. All the bases are different, but they're all in the diamond, all right? They're all playing in the infield. Well, meekness, kindness, and gentleness are basically part of the same character trait. Meekness, first base, second base, gentleness, and then maybe kindness would be third base. But as I did this study, I'm finding out from great writers much wiser and smarter in Scripture than I am. And here's what I got from them. They said that meekness is generally a disposition. That's kind of like how you are as a person. You just generally are a meek person. It's from the inside. Gentleness is something that you do outside. So you act gently because you are meek. All right. Now, I don't want to split this up too much. It's hard to split up first base and second base, all same part of the same game, etc. But if there is a difference, it's because you do have this meekness about you. Therefore, you tend to be gentle. So I'd like to submit to you taking all that information and reduce it to one working definition that you might be able to take back with you and, again, massage for your family and make it work for you. It's this. Gentleness is showing kindness to all others around you showing kindness to all others around you, especially those who don't think as you do or do the same things as you do. So some of you might be on opposite ends of the political spectrum. And even if you are, you still can be gentle to that person and kind. Some of you might want to do a particular ministry, have a different style or method. You could still be kind to another person that has a different way of arriving at something. So the point still is that we're kind to all, whether they think the same way we do or they do the same things that we do. We're going to show that kindness to them. I wanted to add a new question in our template we've been following on Sunday, and that's the question of who is really required to be gentle? And let's go through this quickly because I believe there's some great truths so that this message will hit all of us. First of all, would be caregivers. It says here, but we were gentle among you just as nursing mothers cherishes her own children. You might want to circle the word own there because it's neat because most mothers and most nurses will take care of everybody because that's just their nature. They're caregivers and you want to give care to people that are hurting. But you know, those same kind of people will take especially care of their own kids. And that's why I put the word on there. So these are caring people normally, but they're especially caring to their own kids. And that's the illustration of our gentleness. So if you're a caregiver, if you're taking care of someone, that's how important it should be. Number two would be our pastors and elders. The word pastor, elder, and shepherd are used interchangeably all through scripture. So you don't have pastors over here and elders over there. They're used interchangeable. If you want more information on that, I can give that to you at another time. Ask me, write me for it, I'll send it to you. So it would be pastors or elders. And it says here, a pastor, elder, then must be gentle, not quarrelsome. I'll pause for a moment. I want to say some things about this before I open it up a little bit. First of all, some of you might be reading this and you're saying, oh, that's good, that doesn't, that's not for me. So quickly leave that and get on to where I live my life. Well, as a shepherd of a church, you need to know what you should be looking for in a shepherd. If I was to drop dead of an old-fashioned heart attack and I'm here and you've got to now look for another shepherd to lead you, or as we add more shepherds to our team, 
They should have a whole list of character qualities that should be already displayed in their life. So you don't look for someone with that. It's already there and it's evident. It's easy to spot. Secondly, I want you to think about this. Some of you might say, well, if I'm not going to be that elder or pastor, therefore I don't need to work on these character traits. It sounds like that because it says if you're an elder or pastor, you must have these things. So if you're not, then you must not have to have these things. Really what we should be doing is all of you men, specifically in this context, ought to be saying these are biblical character traits. I'm learning about them, about not being quarrelsome, being gentle, etc. I should have these whether or not I'm going to be an elder. So that later on, should you be called of God to be an elder? Should you then desire the office of an elder or a pastor? It would already be evident in your life. So this is something all of us should aspire to. Now, since our church seems to be drawing more Christian leaders into our church, we have those that are gone off to seminary. You know about our missionaries that have done that. Would you allow me just a moment to expand a little bit more about those who are shepherds and having that character trait of gentleness? I believe there's truths there for all of us. So listen carefully. I'm taking this from, a, I believe, the most definitive book on biblical eldership that's written today. Written by Alexander Strzok. And he says this. A gentle man exhibits a willingness to yield and patiently makes allowances for the weakness and ignorance of the fallen human condition. He is gracious, reasonable, and considerate. One who is gentle refuses to retaliate in kind for wrong done by others and does not insist upon the letter of the law or personal rights. Gentleness is one of the elders' most important and attractive qualities. God fully expects his under-shepherds to shepherd his people the same way he does. He will not let his people be driven, beaten, condemned, or divided. The shepherd must be patient, gracious, and understanding with the erring and, at times, exasperating sheep. So many wrongs, disagreements, faults, hurts, and injustices exist in this sinful world that one would be forced to live in perpetual division, anger, and conflict if it were not for forbearance. So, elders must be gentle and forbearing like Christ. So, gentlemen here, gentlemen here, let's work on that. So that should God ever call you into the ministry... You can build all that theology and character that you already have. Let's go on to the second, or third, rather, requirement of a, a person to be gentle. What kind of person would be required to be gentle? We'd be ministers and teachers. So the word minister there could be anyone who wants to serve another person. So it's not an official capacity that you're paid to minister. It's not a title you have. It's more who you really are. And it says, And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, and patient. Now, since you're looking at this, I hope on the screen or maybe in your outline, if you will, I want to draw a very close parallel to something. Would you pay very close attention to this? It says, pastor and elders, it says, then must be gentle, not quarrelsome. Circle the, the, the phrase, gentle, not quarrelsome. Circle that. That's a position now of that person. Now go down to the next one. A minister or a teacher, it says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle. 
It is interesting that our Heavenly Father inspired those two concepts together, not quarrelsome and gentleness. So in my opinion, it seems that the opposite of gentleness is a person who's always going to argue all the points about everything, always has to have the last word, must be right. That kind of person probably is one who struggles deeply with gentleness in their life. And so think about that, because there's so much put together in that concept. Number four, who else is required to be gentle besides caregiver, pastor, elders, ministers, teachers? Well, fathers are. Now, you won't find the word gentle there, but who would want to argue with me regarding the gentle concept in here? It says, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And then Colossians says, and fathers do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged and You'll find also in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about how kind we must be. So fathers, and so dads, i like to speak to you to that for a moment. If you're looking for something that you would like to build on for this next month or maybe this next year, and for some of us it even could be a lifetime, you might want to work on your gentleness. When I was doing this study, I found a, a very unusual quote. And I'm going to give you the whole quote. It's long, but I'd like to give you the essence of it because it was profound. Now, in most quotes, it's an overstatement, so be ready for that. It said that men and dads need to couch their strength with gentleness. And I think all of us would agree, and most of you women are saying, Amen, Amen, Amen. The rest of the quote said, And you women need to undergird your gentleness with more strength. And I know those are both extremes, but I think you know what I'm saying. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Ninety-four point nine FM, AM nine fifty, the Word, and thank you for being with us here, where faith comes by hearing such fine ministries as Stan Ponds and Make It Clear. Have it for you Monday through Friday at the same time at five thirty in the afternoon. More information on the ministry, find it all online at thewordorlando.com. Right now, weather-wise, eighty-two feels like eighty-eight. We have some clouds out there. Thank you, weather. In a moment, I'm Alan Dempsey, as usual, with you here already for the week. As I'm sure you are as well. And also ready for the big event coming up October 26th at the Rosen Plaza on I Drive. Free event for pastors, annual pastors appreciation lunch. Our uh, featured uh, speaker for this year from Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy, will have a huge expo, delicious lunch, praise and worship. 
and a few special surprises for the pastors as well. Again, the event is free for pastors. You're for pastor. You can pre-register right now. It's going to be here before you know it because, I mean, like, you know, August ends next Thursday for that matter. So register today at thewordorlando.com. That's thewordorlando.com. And pastors, hope to see you there for the annual Pastors Appreciation Lunch, October 26th. Presented by 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Next, In Touch, Dr. Charles Stanley, where faith comes by hearing. Legal representation is often about personal values. Hello, I'm Karen Eastry, attorney for probate, estate planning, divorce, adoption, guardianship, issues concerning children and the aged. Call me at the law offices of Alper and Eastry at 407-869-0900. I am a lawyer who not only speaks for you, I share your values with the experience, energy, and enthusiasm to represent you effectively. My ultimate goal is to help you reach a satisfactory conclusion to your legal problems, to find peace, and to be able to move on with your life. Call me, Karen Eastry, at 407-869-0900, or visit my firm's website, altamontlaw.com. My office is conveniently located in Altamont Springs, close to I-4. So call today to make sure you have someone by your side at 407-869-0900. Offices, Altamont Springs. Are you frustrated with how the church has changed? Are you missing the old-timey hymns and Bible preaching? There is a secret in Seminole County, and it's Starlight Baptist Church in Winter Springs. Starlight has not changed. They still sing hymns and preach against sin. They share the gospel and see souls come to Christ every week. If you're longing for church the way it used to be and want fellowship and growth, then make sure to check out Starlight Baptist Church in Winter Springs. Visit StarlightBaptist.com to learn more. This is Dr. Dan Yachter, D.C. of Nutramost. I'm here with Orlando basketball legend Nick Anderson, my patient and an amazing success story. What made you try our weight loss program? I wasn't guys that were my heroes growing up in the league, and a few of them passed away because of their health and their weight, and I want to be around for my children. How are your results? Well, I lost 29 pounds. I think I'm, I'm looking pretty good. We customized a program just for you. What did you think about that? The program that I was on fit my body, fit my knee. And look in the mirror now and look at the change I've made. I'm so amazed at my results now. Get back to your playing weight with our amazing program. We even guarantee at least 20 pounds of weight loss. Schedule your appointment today by dialing 407-915-3884 or sign up online at LoseWeightCentralFlorida.com. That's LoseWeightCentralFlorida.com or call 407-915-3884. That's LoseWeightCentralFlorida.com or call 407-915-3884 now. 94.9 FM and AM 950. Central Florida's WTLN Orlando. The word where faith comes by hearing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.